There we go. We are back again for another episode of the Beautiful Mind Game podcast. And this one is one I've been looking for all week long. I say all week long. I don't even remember when I asked this person to come on the podcast because when I was looking at this person, I was like, wow, look at what she's done already at such a young age and how she's developed herself in such a way. It's incredible. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be representing England at the Commonwealth Games. She's in the England squad for the Commonwealth Games. So, Millie, thanks for joining the podcast as always. How are you today? And would you like to introduce our guest for today's podcast? Yeah, I'm brilliant, Hams. We're back again. Um, I am actually in the middle of Manchester in a cafe, so in a great scenery today, and I'm really looking forward to it. If anyone's listening and they want to know, it's the Chapter One Bookshop Cafe. Brilliant space. Um, and yeah, I am really looking forward to this guest coming on. I mean, she's great, not only at what she does, but as a person as well. I mean, to talk to a real elite athlete who will be competing in a massive event in very, very soon is brilliant. And I'm not going to say I'm fangirling a little bit, but maybe I am. <laughs> I'm insulted because every time I play football on a Friday, night, I feel like I'm an elite athlete and I'm competing for for proper things as well. So I know you play for Blackburn Rovers, Millie, but the fact of the matter is we all consider ourselves elite athletes, but we've actually got an elite And this is a tongue twister. I'm going to get tongue-tied all day long. And elite athlete on the podcast. That's going to be a tongue twister all day long. But um, yeah, let's introduce her. So on today's podcast, we have the excellent Freya Patel-Redfern. Did I pronounce your name correctly, Freya? Yeah, that's right. Brilliant. Now that's all good. But Freya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, obviously at this time of speaking, preparing for the Commonwealth Games as well. So thank you very much for joining thank the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> anytime, anytime. No, I'm looking forward to this because this is something that Millie and I discussed from the very beginning of what we're discussing and how we're discussing our podcast going forward as well. Because instead of just us kind of talking to one another about the mentality, the mindset of certain individuals, we thought, you know what, it'd be better to get individuals who are actually in that environment as well as people who have experienced that already or are about to experience that already as well so the fact that we've got someone like yourself who has done so much in your young career so far anyway and you're going to achieve even more going forward anyway I'm quite excited about this so Millie and I will probably have to tone it down a bit but we are really excited about asking you a bit more about how you measure your success how you develop yourself further what you've had to sacrifice to get to where you are as well but first things first, I just wanted to ask you, Freya, how did you become a badminton player? Because you are going to be representing England at the Commonwealth Games. You are going to be a badminton player going forward as well. But how did you get into badminton as a professional? So I played quite a lot of sports when I was younger. So badminton wasn't actually the first sport I kind of went for, which is the case for a lot of um, athletes I kind of train with and things. But yeah, I yeah. was actually, I quite like tennis. Um, when I was younger my family was a bit more tennis um, and then I kind of just took up I just started at a school actually once a week kind of like a junior club when I was about nine years old um, and just kind of instantly really enjoyed it and uh, wanted to kind of keep doing it but I was still playing some other sports at the time so I kind of just took played it for fun um, once a week and then kind of quite soon after the um, some of the coaches I was working with kind of said why don't you you know try for the county team um, which I, I'm from Middlesex so kind of uh, where, where in Middlesex are you from so I'm a place called Isleworth 
that's near yeah that's near, near Hounslow Osterley not far from Twickenham kind of way so southwest west. westish isn't it yeah yeah Brilliant. that's good to so, um, and then um yeah kind of went got into the county and then started playing more stopped tennis and kind of my other sports to focus um mainly on badminton and uh yeah went from there really fantastic and I remember seeing something a couple of years ago about how you got to like the national championship was that correct or did I misread that somewhere yeah I've, I've got to the final the last two years in the national championship brilliant so you've you've been aiming for success right from the very beginning of your badminton career as well yeah it's really good to see no but um personally I feel like I'm not that great at badminton I used to play it for at least two years when I when I was uh, a teenager I needed some exercise to get involved in sport and I'd go with like my dad, my brother, because um, a couple of our family friends as well would go every Monday evening, which would be really good fun. But we just treat it as fun. It'd, it'd be a bit of a laugh. But how do you get from that kind of stage from just enjoying it like you did at school to taking it a bit more serious? Because you mentioned that you were interested in tennis and there's a lot more luxury about being a tennis player, but there's a lot more demand and physical demand of being a tennis player than a badminton player. How did you kind of make that decision along your, along your way? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't easy, um, I think, especially to focus on one sport because I did kind of enjoy playing so many different activities and, and sports when I was younger. Um, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a sport I kind of felt like I could do well in from quite early on. Um, and I felt like I had really good opportunities with badminton. It was really easy to kind of get into loads of clubs there were loads of tournaments as a junior county things so there was a lot in place I think that made it really kind of pulled me towards it really um and I kind of started playing tournaments quite early on um got a bit of success with that and obviously when you're young success and things it just motivates you to want to keep going so I think that was definitely something that made me think oh actually I could take this a bit further and um try and you know make a career of it really uh, yeah that's all good that's really nice to hear as well the way that you popped that um how you worded that really as well because it's really good to learn about the fact that it could have just been like oh yeah I could have done it this way but I actually did it this way which is a lot easier as well and you said it so so calmly as well so I'm just kind of there like yeah just just <laughs> another thing isn't it just just becoming a professional badminton player but uh before I get Millie involved in the next couple of questions I just wanted to ask you as well realistically speaking what were the main kind of challenges you had to face growing up um in Middlesex did you have a lot of opportunity to play badminton was it available to you because you mentioned it was at school but was it something where things were kind of harder to get to did you have a, a lot of stigma against being a badminton player did you have any kind of main challenges um for yourself? yeah I mean in terms of kind of what was available the county actually Middlesex was very good they, they kind of put on a lot of clubs um and like was able to get into the team from quite a young age yeah. so that was something that was 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 pretty good actually um I think obviously growing up and kind of in school it was always tough uh balancing both um and yeah like it wasn't the normal thing to do to kind of every evening after school go and train and be really disciplined and have to sacrifice, you know, social situations, friends, things like that. And I think it was hard at times, um, definitely because not everyone kind of understood it and got it, um, especially in school, you know, young people, it's not like I say the norm. Um, so it was definitely had to make some hard calls at times, but 
it's such a rewarding like thing to do and I think um that always drove me and to know that what I could achieve kind of thing brilliant that's really nice to hear and thank you for putting that in such a nice way that not just I can understand but everyone can kind of understand at home which is really well done Millie I know you had a couple of questions for Freya as well not just because both of you are of mixed heritage if I can is that true Freya? yeah 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 just like um, Millie as well sorry Millie that was like some <laughs> odd way of introducing you to the podcast but um it's true it is true <laughs> we love odd ways don't we <laughs> we are an, we are an odd bunch on this podcast but yeah um Millie go for it what questions yeah have no Freya honestly I was interested in interested in the different kinds of sports you played I found that really interesting what kinds of sports did you play and do you think that playing all these different types of sports being involved with in them did that help you on the court as well with your own like performance yeah definitely so obviously I said I kind of played tennis quite a lot which I think did help with the kind of hand-eye coordination and uh, that kind of thing so that that did help I played netball quite a lot in school um, I did swimming, dancing, actually. I did quite a lot of, like ballet and tap and gymnastics, actually. So did quite a lot of different different things to help. And I think gymnastics, obviously, the flexibility helps massively with my badminton. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think kind of doing a range of sports when you're younger helps in whatever sport you go into. Um, and it's nice to have that variety before then focusing on one because you do get to a point if you do take the sport further that, you do have to kind of hone in on one really and take it from there. But um, no, I definitely think playing a lot helped helped me to be where I am today. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's brilliant. I, I can 100% agree with that. I actually did martial arts. So I play football yeah. and I actually did martial arts as well. And secretly, like it has helped me throughout my career. Yeah. And I find that even though, to be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan and I've never told Hams this, I don't think that I actually did martial arts. So it's coming out now. I can't remember she, if I did or not. She's told me this, but she wants to make <laughs> oh, it exclusive. Oh, I've told him. Millie's done martial keep it a arts, secret. everyone. She's done martial arts for everyone. I've kept knows. it a secret. It's a pretty cool thing to, to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I think that it's so transferable because once you get experience playing different sports, you can always... You can play other sports. Do you know what I mean? You pick something yeah, up so easily after that. I think it's great because you have that athletic mindset then. Yeah. Because it's not even that as well. Well, it is that, but it then extends to certain things at the same time that you're learning different social skills as well with different um, with different uh, sports that you're playing at the same time. Because with badminton, if you're playing in a doubles team, for example, you have to learn about your communication. You have to wear, be aware of certain situations, which you can take into tennis as well. With dance, I'm not sure how dance would work if you've got loads of people dancing around. And if you make one step to the right, you could be tre uh, treading on someone's foot, for example, as well. But I think Frey would know a bit more about us in terms of what kind of transferable skills did you take from other sports that you brought into badminton and that you still use today as well? Uh, so I'd say for kind of gymnastics and things, a lot of that like flexibility, balance, which actually has a huge part in badminton yep. um, as well. Um tennis the kind of power the arms the movement actually kind of the agility kind of side of things uh, I take that same in netball you know that just moving around that agility um, yeah there's so many different skills that can help I think people don't always realize how dynamic badminton actually is as a sport and I think that's something that 
it's quite hard to cut like when you when you watch it I think on TV it doesn't always come across in how it actually is live um which is quite interesting because it is you know so there's so much to it um so yeah don't worry I I know exactly how flexible you have to be for badminton <laughs> and I I can't recover properly enough after playing on the Monday night that's why I kind of stopped as well I had to go back to playing not playing but fighting and boxing as well which I prefer because it's a lot less on your on your muscles and your joints when you're being a lot less flexible as well which made it a lot easier for me going forward as well um but Freya thank you very much for answering those questions as well it's really nice to hear from you um about that now we're kind of on to the main event in terms of what's your favorite football team no I'm joking we'll say that for later um now I wanted to know a bit more about how um it came across that you became such a good great badminton player that you ended up qualifying for uh team England for the, for the Commonwealth Games can you just tell us a bit more about how that came about and your story of qualifying to become an elite athlete for England at the Commonwealth Games yeah so for about two years it's been quite a realistic goal for me to try and aim for the Commonwealth Games because it's a selection tournament um yeah. um and it's only a few players I think there's 10 of us going so five women and five men um, so I knew it was obviously going to be very tough for me to get into the team, but it was all, it was something that over the last couple of years, I thought actually it's something I can, you know, really aim for here. Um, I'm a, I'm a singles player. So again, that not meant they don't take too many singles players. So yeah, um, yeah it was definitely hard, but I've kind of worked really hard over the last couple of years and had some good results in tournaments. And I think, I um, recently kind of made the transition to train full-time at the National Centre in Milton Keynes, um, which is where I am now. So I'm kind of living here during the week and then occasionally go home uh, at the weekends. But so I kind of made that transition. um, And then, yeah, like uh, all the coaches are based here and stuff. So they can kind of see my progress. And um, yeah, I had some good, good results last year and climbing up the rankings. So that's all helped really. And then was so pleased to get the uh, selection announcement. So there's two women singles players going. Um, so I was very happy to be one of them. So that's that's crazy to hear because you said it out of five as well and not there's not many single players that go as well. So how did you kind of feel and how did your family kind of feel when you heard that announcement? Did you have to compete in a tournament to win? Was it more just on selection of who the selectors thought would be best to choose for the for the games? How did that kind of work? Um, yeah, just so, so we understand a bit more. Yeah, some countries and sports kind of hold like a selection competition, but we we don't really have that. So okay. it's pretty much based on your recent results, um, you know, maybe ranking, performances, things like that. So it's, you know, quite a lot of goes into it. Um, and then the coaches, selectors, everyone from kind of badminton England and beyond whatever kind of meet together and then decide really on the team so it's not it's really kind of out your hands in terms of it's not down to like one competition where you know you're going from that or so um yeah I was so so proud and happy when when I got told um and we actually were told in March um but we weren't allowed to kind of announce it or get it on social media until official team England announced it which was only kind of three three half three and a half weeks ago now so I kind of told my family and a few close friends but everything else had to be kind of on the on the down low for a bit um so it's nice it's finally out (laughs) no it's really nice to hear Freya and the fact that uh, it could easily have been something where 
I'm not going to say it, it happens, but like it's all kind of down to your recent form, like you said as well. Because again, you may not have been one of the highest ranking English badminton players, but if you've had recent form that's really good, that's what could have picked the selector's eye. It could have been something in terms of you had to gear yourself up for the games that you had to play, the, the matches that you had to play and win as well. So the fact that you've had to do that in such, such a young age as well, whilst you've got at least six or seven, from what I remember, really good competitive British badminton players who aren't even making the squad, let alone in consideration for it, is crazy. Really is crazy, Pro. So thank you very much for explaining that. Millie, I know you had something to kind of add to that as well, didn't you? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, it's incredible. Like, you were the top two, basically, as singles. You know, I was wondering, actually, have you ever played doubles? Yeah, so I've played it a lot as a junior. Um, they kind of encourage you to play both or, well, the mix as well. So I played all three. And then, right. Um, for most of my junior career, I kind of got mixed first, probably when I was about 16. Um, and then did still did doubles and singles. Um, and then when I went full time, really, after my A-levels, um, I, yeah, just kind of focus on, on singles, really. But Is no, that I your choice? Singles. Yeah. Um, I was, when I was younger, I was actually encouraged to be more of a doubles player um kind of some attributes and just way kind of suited that and um and I did quite well in doubles actually but my heart was always in singles so I really tried to kind of prove them wrong in a way um and it's brilliant very glad I I stuck with it (laughs) that's great um and what's kind of like what is the difference for you playing singles to playing doubles what's like I don't know I guess in doubles, you have to work with someone else. In singles, you're alone. What's like the mental side of it and how is it different from one another and mixed as well? Yeah, it, it's definitely harder kind of being on your own all the time, you know, when you're traveling, going to tournaments. Although we travel with a team, you know, you're, you're on your own really when you're out there uh, as a singles player. So it definitely is, you've got to be tough um, and it does toughen you up for sure, you know, especially when you transition to senior, there's a lot of, losing in tournaments you know you don't win as much as you did in the junior because you're really competing with the best now um so you've got to learn to lose learn to win you know yourself um but it's very I think rewarding and kind of I like having that control knowing that it's down to me in that performance you know you're not relying on anyone else um so yeah there's I think good and bad for both or however you see it yeah it's also fascinating for me with the mixed as well, because obviously in football, we don't play mixed unless it's, I don't know, socially, but I guess you're playing at, well, you're competing at such a high level with a mixture of male and female. Like, how is that? Is it different? Is it hard? Is it easy? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I obviously don't, haven't played it recently, but um, it's a very different dynamic, I think, but in some ways it could actually work quite well because you've kind of got that contrast. Whereas when you're in a, maybe a women's doubles pair, you know, you're doing it kind of everything together. Maybe you're a bit similar, but in mix, you're very different players. I think the guy has a certain role. The girl has a certain role in, in them, in their partnership. So yeah, it is quite a different dynamic, but it, it does work well. And actually England are quite known for, being good historically in mixed doubles um so we you know we must be doing something right 
No, definitely. It's, it's really interesting, honestly. Um, I've not had much experience with sports that are kind of individualised. I've only ever been in team sports, so it's really fascinating to hear kind of like the insights to it and how you have to kind of prepare mentally by yourself. Like for me, yeah, you come, you prepare mentally by myself, but I've got my teammates. I've got 11 other people, 10 other people on the pitch. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's incredible to hear it really. And in badminton, what does kind of a training week look like? I know you told us a little bit about it, but what does it look like for you like on a weekly basis? Yeah, so kind of have Monday to Friday where I'm training at the National Centre. Um, morning session, we're in at 8.30 every day, a um, cu- couple of hours on court there, and then afternoon session, again, two, two and a half hours. We also have three strength sessions a week, um, which people might not know, but it's quite a big thing in badminton, the um, strength and conditioning. So, you know, a lot of weights and speed and power and, and all of that, which most athletes have to do. So we have those sessions kind of integrated during the week. Um, and yeah, quite full on. <laughs> that sounds really cool the way that you described it as well, because for someone like me who's worked in individual sports and in team sports as well, not, not at a big level, like I've done amateur boxing, which is good fun. Um, but again, it's more just about how you manage your time as well. And we've had a couple of guests on recently who've talked about how they manage their own time, but because they're part-time or they're not professional in their discipline, they don't have that same kind of support system. But how is your kind of support system, maybe some of your coaches, maybe some of your family members, some of your friends even, some of your peers in the badminton game, how have they kind of helped you to develop your game further in terms of rather taking extra hours sleeping or extra hours kind of developing your game? What's kind of been the benefit from asking different people about how you can benefit yourself further from learning from them more than anyone else, really? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of support from different kind of basis. And so we have my coach is a huge part. Um, But yeah, we do a lot of video analysis. Uh, which helps a lot things like that um yeah I make sure I sleep well because I know when I don't sleep well it does have an effect in sessions or if I'm behind on sleep you know you can really feel it um that's a big thing you know nutrition um yeah all these kind of things that we do get support for and help really do make a big difference all the little things that may not seem significant do like do have a big effect so it's really good to be able to have that and my coach is very good with that kind of thing you know he's really into sports psychology and like I said video and things like that like all the like marginal gains um that can help yeah brilliant nice it's it's kind of what I'm kind of doing as well because when I'm a when I'm scouting because I'm a football scout as well I'll use video analysis to work really well with some of the players some of the coaching staff as well which works really well at the same time but just what you mentioned there, the marginal games, the extra 1% that can give you that extra difference going forward as well. It's so critical. And it's so critical, not just for yourself or for Millie, but it's so critical in everyday kind of life as well. So even like you mentioned before about having the right amount of sleep, if you're not having the right amount of sleep, doing a normal job or working in a normal environment, in an everyday environment, it could ruin your mood. It could ruin everyone else's mood. It has a real big knock-on effect as well. But for you, if you're having the right amount of um, the right the, the right nutrition, the right sleep, everything like that as well, Freya, it benefits you tremendously as well. And it's really fascinating to learn how 
there's so many different what, what would we say merely negotiables we say kind of negotiables and some there's so many different factors that can negotiate your mood for that day for that week your performance for that day for that week as well would you agree with me 100 yeah like um like high performance factors like the one percent definitely yeah i mean it's a massive thing and it's it's great as well like doing something that's one percent of your day that will get you that one percent further sorry it will benefit you so much in the long run and there's loads of little quotes about it isn't it you can find them all everywhere everyone's saying it but it's really true it's really really true and I'm, I'm a firm believer in it so yeah no it's brilliant like even with little things in your nutrition even to just I don't know add a juice in now and again fresh juice yeah. it's brilliant <laughs> I mentioned the one percent to Millie from the beginning, for it, just so you're aware. She she got it from me, and then she did her own learning as well. But do you kind of Definitely. get what do you kind of get what we mean by that? Where it's not going over your head or anything like that, is it, Freya? The one percent. No, no, actually. I completely. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's so important. Definitely. So it's becoming more, I think, important as well as yeah. sport develops. People are really like buying into that a bit more. So. Yeah. And especially even nowadays, like you mentioned about the video analysis as well, there could be uh, people in other countries in the Commonwealth Games where they're using video analysis to watch your games to see how you play as well. So they can actually see what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Are you kind of doing the same kind of thing as well, like in your own kind of time, looking at seeing who your potential opponents could be further down the line as well? Yeah, definitely. And when I have a tournament, kind of always watch a game of the person I'm going to play just to get a few don't want to overcomplicate it um because yeah. of you know everyone's always different on the day as well when um different tactics come into play so and they've obviously watched me um so but it does help I think just getting an idea of that person um for sure yeah definitely no, that's really nice to hear for it thank you very much for that as well now I just wanted to know a bit more about how you kind of, because again, this is a full-time commitment for you. You're, you're staying away from home. You're doing a lot to develop yourself this summer for the Commonwealth Games. What kind of helps you relax? What kind of helps you switch off from badminton in essence? Like when you've had your full day of work, your full day of exercise and your full day of strength and conditioning as well, everything bundled into one. It could get a bit too much for some people. It may or may not get that for you. I don't want to ask you that question, but how do you kind of switch off and how do you kind of relax and motivate yourself or re-motivate yourself for the next day to go again to go harder to work faster how, how would you kind of explain that to us so we could understand I'm, I'm not sure if this is relaxing but I'm actually doing an open university course oh. um, which I've I'm in the second year of it part-time and yeah. even though it's work <laughs> it actually is kind of a switch off from badminton as well um, and I, I took it up in lockdown actually because I thought it'd be quite a good time to start yeah. um, and I have really enjoyed doing it and I'm glad I have I am doing it because I think it's nice to I've always enjoyed learning you know I'm not a huge fan of writing the essays <laughs> but I, I do like learning about it so and it's in sport as well so I think it goes hand in hand but it's also that kind of switch off to know that I'm actually doing something else that will help me when I'm hopefully finish my career as well um that's one thing yeah not too relaxing but it's a bit of a kind of a switch off or another focus I can have um I'm actually quite into yoga (laughs) which again in lockdown I kind of discovered um and I do yeah on like YouTube kind of do that quite a lot which I find one just feels great you know stretching and things like that but 
also from really like calmed me down and when I am stressed or I've had a busy week of training or things like that I quite like to maybe at the weekend or in the evenings just take my mind off it and not have to worry about anything and really get you know relax myself and go again for tomorrow so yeah I was one of those uh, lockdown yoga people Freya (laughs) definitely I picked it up during lockdown and through YouTube actually and honestly I did it every day I loved it and honestly, when you were talking about gymnastics before, that's what I had in mind. I thought yoga's helped me so much with football in ways I didn't even think, like both physically and mentally. So yeah, brilliant. I love yoga. Yeah, I completely agree. Like physical and mental, it really does help. It's brilliant. There's this one woman on YouTube um, called Adrian. She's American. That's who I went with every, every day. Every day in lockdown, I was with Adrian from Texas. <laughs> I use um, Cassandra. Oh, nice. I think that's a difficult one. Yeah, she, yeah. there's a few challenging ones in there. Good wow. <laughs> that's a very difficult one. Mine was more like a relaxing, like beginner's yoga. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, it's brilliant yoga. I love it. I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I mean, you can't both talk about yoga and then just stop there. What are the benefits of yoga for our listeners who are just listening? Like, oh, they're both gassing up yoga after speaking about badminton for a while. So for me and for anyone else listening, what is the benefits, the key free benefits from yourself, Ray, and from yourself, Millie, from yoga that we can learn from both of you today? I'd say one's probably flexibility, definitely, and kind of, yeah, being able to stretch and stretch your body and help help with that kind of thing recovery I find actually as well um after you know you've worked your body really hard or training or whatever you've done even if it's like walking or running you know um just being able to give your body that time to kind of relax and re-energize in a way um and then I'd say mentally it's just really good to calm down the mind and just you feel relaxed and and de-stressed so they're my three things definitely no I agree 100% with all of them I think massively the mobility side of it it helped me so much with football and you don't even realize it when you're playing a sport you don't realize how much if you don't do those kinds of things those mobility exercises that yoga you don't realize how much it can affect you because after the I don't know two three month period of yoga I felt like I could do things so much better like even just like I don't know I was running better I was jumping better and definitely like the recovery is it's completely different and yeah I mean the physical benefits are massive and of course the mental benefits like yeah the relaxation and just taking time for yourself really throughout the day and sometimes I find it really difficult to go and do it to go and like sit on that mat and sometimes the stigma's there you know when you see someone doing yoga and you're a little bit embarrassed but once you get over that you're flying because you've taken that time out for yourself whether it's like 10 minutes whether it's 20 minutes whether it's an hour whatever it is that's your time to just do the yoga routine whatever's in front of you and yeah it's great it's it's honestly a really really great thing I've never got that. You mentioned the stigma, Millie. I know you and I have had a conversation about this before, but just to introduce Freya into this, I don't get why people have stigmas over yoga, not just men or, or women, but like people of all ages have a stigma against it. But if it only benefits you and you've got people who think, oh yeah, I know better than you because you're doing yoga and I'm not. I've never got that because it benefits so many different people. One of my 
friends who I was speaking to recently as well, he started yoga as well. And he was saying that he was really struggling after playing football four or five times a week and coaching three, four times a week as well. Wasn't really getting that recovery that he needed to. But when he started yoga, he could do things like Millie said that he never thought he could do or couldn't do as well as he could do as well. So why is there such a negative stigma on, on yoga personally? Because from what I've seen, it only benefits you. And if it benefits you, why is it a bad thing? I don't get that personally. Yeah, I think it does benefit you and it is a good thing. Um, but maybe people have a kind of perception of it, like, oh, it's a, one, a girly thing, you know, or which is not the case because I've been to a lot of yoga classes as well. And that, there's a lot of them that do it and it can benefit men and women, you know, alike. So it, that doesn't really matter at all. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just the, the concept of it, but yeah, I think everyone should, uh, should be a yogi. <laughs> Definitely. No, I, I think I'll try that, but my wife won't appreciate that. She'll just be like, why the hell were you doing this in the living room? I'm trying, I'm trying. It's like, no, you're just going to break something. I don't want to damage anything in the home as well, where we're living. But no, thank you very much, uh, very much for talking to us about yoga as well. Freya and Millie as well so much to learn from this podcast already which is great and hopefully everyone listening has learned so much already right Freya we're into the nitty-gritty part of the podcast where we're going to be asking you a bit more about what your expectations are for the Commonwealth Games when's it going to be starting when do you kind of begin your your week up or your leading up to the Commonwealth Games and what you're really looking forward to the most as well Freya okay so the Commonwealth Games starts on the 28th um, which is the team events actually first. So we have a team event in badminton, um, a mixed team, and then it goes into the individual after that. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to have the team to kind of get yourself into it. And I always love team events. It's such great fun, um, you know, working with everyone and really kind of working together as a team, which is nice in an individual sport yeah. as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I've got a few tournaments coming up in June. Um, and then after that, I've got, a training block leading up to the Commonwealth Games. So after June, I've got no more tournaments until the end of July, until Commonwealth Games. So it'd be really nice to have a, a clear kind of focus in training leading up to the Games and training with all the coaches and players that I'm going to be travelling there with as well. So we can all kind of work together on that same goal. Um, so it should be a really good atmosphere in training. Yeah, I can't wait because I've got tickets for the Commonwealth Games as well. And uh, I used to live in in the West Midlands, so we got like early access to a couple of these tickets as well. I think one of my cousins is going to the badminton. I'm not sure which day it is, so I'm, I, I might be like, can I swap tickets? I can see Freya play as well, which would be good fun. Be really good. But no, I'm really looking forward to this tournament. It's great to see it in not just in London, but in the UK in a different city where we actually hyping up a lot of the the athletes and I love that about the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games and the World Championships it hypes athletes up from different parts of the country because they are in individual sports as well so it works really well in terms of getting the the, the nation together and making sure that people are supporting the right um the right people from different parts of the country as well which is really really good but what's what's one thing that you're looking to take into this tournament in June that we can then notice from you yourself as well because you're talking about how you've had recent good form, which is really good as well. You've had a couple of games recently as well. Um, what are you kind of look looking to learn from this tournament coming up in June, just so we, we can understand from your point of view? It's your last like dress rehearsal as well, isn't it, before the Commonwealth? Yeah, what well, the tournament's in June coming up. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be quite strong. All the tournaments at the moment are very strong. A lot of the Asians who are very good badminton players are playing all the kind of all-level tournaments, really. So it is tough. But, um, yeah, I'm just hoping I can get some good performances under my belt. Um, I don't know who I'm playing yet. So um, when I find out, you know, do a bit of work and in training, tailor my training to who I'm playing as well a little bit. Um, and... Yeah, it'll be kind of good to get back into a tournament again and just know that it's the last. I've got three actually before Commonwealth Games, kind of quite close together. Yeah. So it'll be really good to every match, you know, really just prepares you and you learn so much from each match, win or lose. Um, so I think that will be be something I'm going to really watch over my games and see what I can improve on going into the games. Brilliant. No, it's really nice to hear, friend. It's really. Really, it's going to be a really fun summer for you, basically, because you've got a lot of badminton to play. You've got the rest around early July before coming into the Commonwealth Games as well. On a personal note, how excited are you? Just, just so we know, how excited are you about being in, involved in the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, I was so excited. I couldn't really believe it. At first, it didn't really kind of sink in. And then we had the media day where Sportic, like Team England kind of came in and we were announcing it and we had some interviews and photos and some of the kit you know and it was just like a surreal I was just like wow this is it you know um so it really kind of hit home a little bit um and then we've got the kitting out which will be I think in July sometime so that'll be another kind of really exciting thing uh leading up but but yeah everything just going into it is is so exciting and um I've never done a multi-sport event yeah. like this either so that's like another thing. Um, it's my first one and um, it'll make it extra special. And it's a home game. So, you know, I'll have friends and family there as well, uh, which is even more special and hopefully motivating. First of many to come as well, which is really good. Have you ever been to Birmingham before, Freya? Yeah, they yeah. there's a tournament called the All England, mm. um, which is actually the, like the biggest tournament in badminton apart from kind of the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and... I haven't played it yet. I'm ho definitely hoping to in the future, but I kind of go watch it yeah. every year. Mm. Um, so I actually went in March this year up there and um, yeah, when I watched it. So yeah, I was going to say that could be a, something else to be looking forward to as well because it's all England for badminton, but tennis has also got the WTA that's also there as well, which is also another big thing in Birmingham. So no, you'll, you'll be having a great time uh, up in the West Midlands as well. And hopefully... We'll be cheering you on for the, some of the medals that, that are available as well. And I'm rooting for you every step of the way for us. So thank you very much um, for talking to us today. Millie, did you have any last questions before we round off the podcast? Definitely. I've got loads. Nice. <laughs> I've got one. Um, Freya, if you could be anything in the world, if you weren't a badminton player and you could be anything else in the world, or you could be anywhere else in the world, what would you be doing and where would you be? Not on this podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> that would be a good answer. <laughs> As in something not related to sport? or It can be related to sport, just not badminton. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I do like the tennis lifestyle with a lot more money in tennis. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. But actually... I would say away from sport, as much as I love sport, um, I'd probably say kind of 
maybe like acting or something in media, something like that, a little bit different. Um, I've always kind of enjoyed, when I was younger, I kind of did some like shows and um, do you know, like the brownies and rainbows and guides and things like that. Yeah. We, big, we used to have this big show that we did with all the scouts and cubs and all the staff. Um, it was called the gang show. And I like love doing things like that. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe something in like theatre, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. if you if you wanted to become the third host of the Beautiful Mind Game podcast, there's a vacancy open enough if you oh, wanted you to work go. in media as well, which, which is always good. <laughs> definitely. Class. Yeah, no, definitely I'm really interested in media in the future, for sure. I can't, lie. Your... I can't lie. I was quite surprised Millie asked that question. Like, she's an elite athlete. She's going to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Why would she need to be anywhere else? She doesn't need to be anywhere else, but there's always an if. <laughs> there's always an if. There's always an if. Yeah. Interesting. We would never have known about the theatre otherwise. Look at that. What would be your show? What would people you, know about that? What would you take part in? Which show would you do? Oh, I, I probably love like hairspray, and I actually love Les Miserables. I don't know if you, that's quite. It's quite a serious one, but yeah, it's brilliant. A lot of singing, that. right? And yeah, a lot of singing. Can you sing? Um, I'm not not the best. No, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's my my people forte, who say that. I reckon a group, I could you know you could. I'd be like a back maybe like a background dancer or something like that. That's brilliant. That's a lot more than I could be. <laughs> brilliant. For the, for the record, Wicked's my favourite show. So I enjoyed watching Wicked. Okay. Yeah, Africa Africa is another one, and The Lion King's always a, a classic like, as yeah. well. But um, Lion King for me as well. No, w- Wicked is elite and it's actually wicked when you watch it as well, which is good stuff. Um, but no, Millie, what was that last question you had about, um, you had a quick fire question for Freya, didn't you, Millie? She muted herself, she's muted herself. I'm muted. Okay. I had one last question. Um, Freya, so you're going to the Commonwealth Games in a couple of months. You know, you are literally blowing up all over the place. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Again, this isn't a job interview, so it's, it's not a job like interview. It's not a job interview. I know we, that's a job interview question, but it's not a job interview. Gets you thinking. Um, well, hopefully, still training, being about you know uh, working in my professional career. I'm really hoping to kind of keep climbing the rankings, really, and be maybe one of the top in Europe and competing with some of the world class players. Um, possibly striving towards the Olympics or, or things like that as well. Um, I think a lot can happen in five years. So that will probably be in the middle of the main part of my career as well. So it'd be quite exciting to, to see what I can do. Brilliant. No, that's, that's fantastic to hear. And again, Fred, just thank you very much for giving up your time and your, uh, yeah, your time in the day to speak to us, to learn more about, what it takes to be an elite badminton player, what it takes to be representing England at the Commonwealth Games as well. Um, there's so much that we could have spent talking about all day, but it's just the fact that we know you're a busy person. We know you have to be there representing the country and we'll be there supporting you every step of the way going forward as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, what we have in store as well. And the best thing about it is you're at that stage where you're actually going to be inspiring the next generation of badminton players, of athletes. And the fact that, we don't tend to mention it on this podcast because we don't want to be like throwing it, like throwing everything against the wall in terms of diversity and representation. But the fact that there is a lot of opportunity for representation of different ethnic minorities and stuff like that as well, 
I, I really think it's going to be fantastic. And I really think it's going to be really good fun to see um, how much we can learn a, a lot more from you as well going forward, not just as you as a person or you as an athlete, but you as an individual going forward for Team England as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what we have in store this summer and beyond as well. So I know Millie, I was joking to Millie about what's happening in five years' time, but like Millie said, you could be blown up in five years' time across the world, not just in England as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's happening um, for Freya Patel Red Fence. So Freya, thank you very much for your time today. Millie, I'll let you close out the podcast for us. And that's all you. That's all yours, Millie. I just want to say thank you very much, Freya, for coming on to begin with. It's been great to hear from you, genuinely. And both myself and Hams have learned a lot. We've both learned a lot. As well. So thank you so much for having me. It's been great to speak to you both and uh, hopefully you can do it again. <laughs> hopefully we can. Hopefully you'll be that third podcast host, which we'll be looking forward to as well. <laughs> but one last question from us that we always ask, is there someone who you would recommend to bring on to the podcast for us as another guest, another badminton player, another athlete that you know who we can learn from and develop our knowledge of the beautiful mind game as well, which would be good fun. Yeah, there's someone, uh, a badminton player who's also going to the Commonwealth Games. Uh, his name's Toby Penty. Okay. Um, and he's quite an interesting character. He's been through a lot. Um, and I know he kind of does things like this as well. So he might be interested in that as well. Brilliant. No, that'd be fantastic. If you can get us into contact with him or introduce us or even just ask him when you have the time to um, say, oh, yeah, I've done this podcast. It'd be great to get on. We'd really appreciate that and would really be, open to get maybe but the both of you on together it'd be a good camaraderie i would say good mm -hmm. fun um, but no freya thank you very much for your time everyone find freya patel redfern on um it'll be like on bbc one or something in the summer on the commonwealth games because i'm looking forward to it i hope everyone after this podcast is looking forward to it as well millie thank you very much for your time freya thank you very much for your time as well have a lovely evening take care and goodbye <laughs>